Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Vendor Spotlight. Uh, this is the first one that we have since having the online summit last week. And today, uh, one of my guests was an expert panelist on the summit, and her name is Pat Bellamy with Bellamy Healing Arts. Um, now, Pat is a shamanic healer and practitioner of energy medicine and energy psychology, and she's located in Kelowna, BC, in beautiful Canada. Um, she has been providing transformational healing, drum circles, and medicine wheel ceremony and teachings to women for many years. So we will be talking with her today, and she's going to share with us some of her journey along, uh, along the shamanic path, and, and just what does that mean, and what does that entail, and what does what does that look like when you go see her for a session? I, these are the questions that I have that I'll be asking her and looking forward to her sharing her story with us as well. Uh, so if you're here and watching live and you'd like to make some comments, please go ahead and use the link that I've uh, posted below in the comments as well um, to grant StreamYard permission to use your name and your photo that's associated with Facebook. Because uh, even though this is a live, I am using a streaming platform. So we get all these extra bonuses, like these uh, tickers at the bottom and the names on the screens and all of that that makes your viewing that much more enjoyable. So if you could go ahead and grant that permission to StreamYard, that would be awesome. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, I will bring Pat onto the screen with me. Hello, Pat. How are you doing Hi, today? Carly. I'm doing really good. How are you doing? Hi. Pretty good, thank you. Um, yeah, I've been uh, pretty busy after that summit, uh, trying to uh, kind of follow up with all the videos and everything, and and getting uh, getting getting into the vendor spotlights again. So yeah. you're a dedicated girl. <laughs> well, gotta go online because we're not meeting in person. That's um, right. I am aiming for a September um, reunion, I guess we'll call that. Oh, excellent. <laughs> back excellent. In. But yeah. until then, we will just be meeting everybody online and uh, sharing our stories and backgrounds and, and certainly trying to bring some pieces of the holistic market and psychic fair to everybody in, in the online world. Right. Yeah. Um, so actually, before we get started, because I did post this in... Uh, the comments as well that you actually have a free gift for all of our viewers today and it's four steps to calm your spirit right and this is very easily obtained and i put the link in the comments and all all people have to do is just put in their first name and email and there it is going right to their inbox so free gift from pat to start off this vendor spotlight today and it's on four steps to calm your spirit which i'm sure we can all use some of that these yeah. days <laughs> That's so we'll for talk sure. about that a little bit more um, as well too and we'll, we'll pop that up again later so welcome everybody to the show and if you're watching on the replays certainly type in replay if you're watching live type in hello let us know where you're watching from um, we have since doing uh, the event the online summit summit we've had quite a few uh, viewers joining us from across the country and actually uh, across the world too. So uh, I'm always curious to know where people are watching from. If you have the ability to go and type that in uh, while you're watching here, please do so. Let us know, say hello, and uh, you're certainly welcome. Um, and then check out in those comments too, 
for that free gift link, which you can come back to and do uh, later. Don't do it yet because you're watching us live. <laughs> so Pat, um, when we were chatting before, you had mentioned that your shamanic journey has actually started like in the 70s. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and like what that was like and how you got started? Okay. Um, well, in the 70s, I, I took up uh, Transcendental Meditation in, uh, I think, 1974. And um, um, I, you know, was living with, uh, in the time when a lot of information wasn't available. You know, we didn't have internet and stuff like that in the 70s. So at least I didn't anyway. <laughs> and, and so anyway, I was living up north and I had taken up Transcendental Meditation and uh, soon after I was doing this on a twice a day was the platform that they used, I would go into this really deep trance uh, right away. And I would go into this um, place where I was totally uh, separated from my body, where to be honest, I didn't know where I was going, but it was just dark and very peaceful. And I didn't have anybody to phone up and say, is this what I'm supposed to experience or anything <laughs> like that? And, uh, but anyway, I went along with, with that in a very deep trance state. And uh, one time when I was in meditation, this uh, white skeleton appeared over my head. And I could see it up there, and I thought, okay. <laughs> so anyway, this, uh, this thing came down, and I had a sense that it was a male. Came down in, to my crown, filled my field, and, and merged with my body. And it felt totally okay, um, surprisingly enough. And I didn't exactly know what that meant. And so I started doing some research. And what I found was I had experienced what is called the shamanic approach. Um, mm. And so, this was during your transcendental yeah. meditation. So that was, was that something you just kind of did on your own? Or were you in a group? Or was it like I was a... on my own. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was a lone wolf in probably pretty well everything that I've done. I I don't have a teacher in this world. Uh, even the transcendental meditation guy, he was from uh, Ontario. I was working up north in Alberta, and he just came for the weekend, gave the course, and left again. So there was nobody oh, okay. to talk to about that. Oh, so that's how um, you got introduced to it, and then from there you were you're journeying on your own and exploring. Yes, wow. yes, and yes, no internet yeah. to look stuff up. <laughs> no internet to look stuff up. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So I did when I started doing the research into what this um, onset was, like what this was the consciousness that I'd received. Um, I got some stuff uh, typed out here. Um, so it was called the shamanic approach, and shamanism is said to be one of man's oldest. Uh, first spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a practice worldwide. It's on every continent. Uh, shamanism is not subject to a specific doctrine or race or religion. The word shaman is taken from the Tungus tribe of Siberia and translates roughly to one who sees in the dark. Um, and I learned that shamanism does not have a book of rules or a set of instructions as to what you might encounter while you were in the shamanic trance uh, state. So these were the first things that I uh, learned from that experience. And um, 
Okay, so then I wonder, well, what am I going to be doing with this? So one part of my research, it showed me, it explained to me that to become um, a shaman, which was the word that I was receiving, uh, you, might, uh, you might be accepted to take up an apprenticeship by the tribal shaman. And you would have to uh, cook their meals, hire, you know, haul their wood and stuff like that for a while before they would even entertain teaching you anything because it was very proprietary. And from what I've read, there was a fair amount of uh, ego that went along with, you know, that type of thing. And so, but eventually they would start to teach you and you would have to do it exactly the way it did because of that uh, lineage and all that you, that you were following. Mm. So that was the one way of becoming somebody who would do this kind of work. And the second way I learned was that you would be approached by a shaman on the other side. So a shaman that had already passed on. And uh, then you would, if accepted, then you would be taught by them. And that's what I had experienced was this shamanic approach. So I was going to be learning from this ancient dead shaman <laughs> the same way that many other have many of other people have for uh, centuries right so I was very excited about that and um, so, so I went with that so was that um, that connection by going into the transcendental meditation each time that you is that how you were receiving the info and gaining this knowledge or uh, no well essentially that's a good question because um, the, the, the state of mind or the state of consciousness that I go to when I am uh, in the transcendental meditation is um, it's a place beyond time and space so I'm trying to find the right words that would because um, I just found some words recently that explain to me exactly where I was going when I would experience this so let me just see if I can find them yeah sure um, I'll just give you a sec to go find that and I'll just okay. uh, welcome everybody else here who is um, watching and if you're joining right now we're talking with Pat Bellamy of Bellamy Healing Arts. She's located in Kelowna and she's talking to us about shamanism and her shamanic experience and how she has um, like discovered it and her journeys and what that looks like. So um, if you're just joining us now, type in the comments below where you're, where you're watching from. Uh, we've got someone watching here from Chase BC. Hello. Wow. And Nikki's here. Thank you. She says, thank you, Pat. Um, so remember to type, uh, to follow that link to Grant StreamYard, um, permission to use your photo and name. Otherwise it, it turns up like this for us because uh, we are using a streaming platform here today. And so uh, let us let us see who you are and uh, and and uh, just do that by granting StreamYard the permission to uh, to post that. Oh, and we've got uh, Nikki. She's in Kamloops today, but she's from Kalana. Hey, Nikki, thanks for joining us. Okay, so I'm um, just gonna bring Pat back in here again and. Um, Hello again. <laughs> Hello again. You, you know what I have on my screen, if this might be helpful, mm -hmm. um, I made a timeline uh, for myself yesterday just to give you an idea of what I went through and how many years it took to actually get to the place where Ooh, I yeah. knew what I was doing or what I was, was becoming and that type of thing. Okay. Yeah, we'd love to get to that. I'll give you the full okay. screen to share that. But we've got someone asking, is this like entering into the spirit realm? It is. Definitely okay. is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so in 1972, as I, I was starting to read uh, whatever you could find in esoteric books, like there wasn't too much around in those days, 1974, I took up Transcendental Meditation, and that's when I started going into this very deep trance uh, state of consciousness. In 1975 was when I had that experience with the white skeleton that I just explained, and it merged with me. And so I had to sit with that for a very long time, um, just uh, going into the trance state, and I became really good at it. I could move in and out of it very easily, and I would be taking notes. My vision changed. Uh, I would run into the, exactly the right person that would say exactly the right words that I needed, and, and the right book would fall in my hands, maybe just one page, but it's exactly what I needed to answer my questions at that, during those days. Um, in 1994, so we jumped quite a bit. I moved quite a few times after that and ended up in Shushwap Lake area. Um, this uh, spirit of this eagle came down and um, was one of my first, what they call uh, spirit teachers or power animals. And that was very uh, amazing and empowering for me. In 96, I started doing this automatic writing it's just what showed up and I started channeling this information that was teaching me so it was coming through me so I could put it on paper so that I could read it afterwards so that I can understand what I was uh, learning. Um, in 1998 I had this amazing Jaguar experience this one is it's very uh, exciting for me to talk about this but, um, I was newly married, living in West Kelowna, and we were, I was sitting at my dining room table. My husband had left the table, he was gone to work in his office. So I was just sitting there, and um, actually exactly what happened, I was chewing gum, and for some reason the gum came out of my mouth and rolled under the table. And so I got down on my hands and knees, and once I got down under this table, this Jaguar took over my body and um, so I was going around and around under the table in on my hands and knees and hands in the body of this Jaguar going around and around the table so um, she still works uh, with me she's a big part of my teaching and a big part of my life and her name is Terramata Jaguar and I really didn't know for another 10 years what that actually translated into um, but I've since discovered that oh, um, well do share <laughs> do share okay <laughs> um, okay well actually what happened uh, in 2001 by the same Jaguar I was starting to actually work in the medicine wheel then and uh, I was you know I had more and more teachers had come in and I'd sit in circle with them upstairs mm -hmm. in my bedroom and uh, spare bedroom and so um, uh, I had had a pipe ceremony with this medicine man and he told me that I am a woman woman of the seventh fire and a teacher of the ancient ways and I didn't really know what that meant at that time but the Jaguar experience um, when she came forward uh, in upstairs in my medicine wheel and I was in trance state again she came forward and she sliced me in two with her claws like this and then she took two pieces of me and put me in this 
boiling pot of boiling uh, water on this fire and boiled me up for a while. And I know this sounds really weird, but... <laughs> I would be freaked out, to be honest. Well, I, just, <laughs> I was just watching it take place, you know? Like, I'm sitting here while she's got my body over there and doing this stuff with it. And uh, so anyway, she, she had me boiling up, and then she came back, and she poured me from this big cauldron back into my body again. So... Um, oh, kind of like smelting. Kind of like smelting. <laughs> like you so, put the pieces of metal together and... And remix and then coming yeah, back. I, I was totally reconfigured as a being by this uh, experience. And since that happened to me, I would always have these experiences and then I would find out about what they meant later because there would be mm. some research on them. So it's yeah. not like uh, it only happened to me, it's happened to other people. But right. So at least I was able to read it in print somewhere and it gave it validation for me why I was experiencing this. So everything that, I, I, that took place for me was getting to the place that I am now, but I still don't do anything without these teachers because they're in the spirit realm and they can see what needs to be done and what healing needs to take place. And they're mm. with me when I'm out of my body getting stuff for the clients that are on my massage table waiting to have a soul retrieval, for example, so. Okay. But anyway, that was uh, one of the most profound experiences. And yesterday, as timely as this would be, I, I got my uh, book uh, by uh, Alberto Velado's newest book, um, Heal Your Body, I think it's called. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, I was reading in his book about the ancient Maya, uh, how they learned to die but retain their body. So they learned to move to the state, to this field state, to the state of invisible oneness, and then are able to return again. So the ancient Maya called this consciousness uh, needed to experience the state of oneness. They call this the jaguar body. Now I just read that yesterday. How timely is that? So oh, that I man. could tell you this story. I just got total Oh, chills. me too. Like it's that's <laughs> how it always is, you know? Ooh. <laughs> and so jaguar shamans were individuals who somehow developed awareness of their infinite field state. And this is why jaguar is such a powerful symbol in those cultures still today. Mm. I mean, it represents the journey beyond death because when you're doing shamanic journey, you're exploring the state of infinite knowledge in the field where all the information of the universe uh, resides. And so you go there to get the information and the healing that's needed by your tribe or by your family or by your client or whatever for yourself while you're learning like I did. Wow. So it's it's so fascinating because I just read, read that yesterday and thought, oh my God, how you know, because that's what I needed to be able to say. I never had to put it into words, but it's nothing new. <laughs> yeah. It's an ancient process and I'm just grateful enough to be somebody who was chosen to experience this. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, be prior to this and prior to the transcendental meditation in the 70s where this all kind of came to a forefront with you, like before that, had you experienced anything else like like that might have given you some glimpses into what was hap about to be happening with you or was that really that pivotal moment for you? Well, that's a good question because um, I have tried to analyze myself to see how I changed over time and why, what was different about me that was 
selected to do this work because I still don't know anybody else that does exactly what I do. I know things, but I've never actually spoken to anybody really. Um, and I know that uh, I was a very isolated uh, in my field kind of person. I didn't share myself. I was extremely shy. Um, and so I know that about myself and that's still the same way today. So I think probably that was a useful personality trait to actually have. Because I, I mean, I know, and you probably know women or, or people that have these kinds of experiences and they're talking to them to everybody because they're so excited and but the thing is when they do that if it's a if these very profound experiences they get diluted through those words and they don't become your own teaching tool anymore because you've diluted it by talking about it that's what I've come to be aware of myself that's why I'm so closed mouth and I like even talking about this stuff now I makes me quite nervous but it's time I mean I'm in my sixties mm -hmm. now, and I think it's time that I can share that. You know. Ah. So, well, thank yeah. you, and thank you for being brave <laughs> to share your stories because it's not that easy to to um, explain journeys that are not Normal. as common or prevalent amongst the general public, unless you're specifically going for a sh shamanic retreat or something and know yes. what you're getting into. <laughs> yes, that's exactly so, right. Yeah. So to have yeah. this happen and to see that, um, I love how you're explaining it though. It's really making a lot of sense to me yeah. and hopefully our viewers as well. And if you've got any questions for Pat, um, certainly type them in the comments. Let us know what you're thinking as well. If you've got any questions for her about her journey and how her process has been Let's interact. Let's get um, some questions out there, and we'll try and answer For them sure, in the yeah. broadcast today. So, do you have Just one thing? I, I sh um, do you have um, like? Or did I interrupt you? Like, do you have some I more? Gonna, I was just going to say that there was one thing that I probably um, should mention. I I got to know this one uh, medicine man, and um, he came to my home, and that was the first time I'd experienced uh, a pipe ceremony. And he was telling me um, about myself. He was the one who said that I'm a woman of the seventh, bringing these ways uh, forward, teaching these ancient ways, which I can't say that I've done anything of yet. I haven't done any teaching except for right now. And then uh, I, he presented me years later with my own medicine pipe. So that, uh, and I know the, the process and the ritual that goes along with it with it and the sacredness of it so I I utilize embrace the medicine pipe as part of my sessions now and to be honest it takes on a whole different uh, dimension and it's beyond words really <laughs> so that would be uh, when people come to see you for a session in person I would yeah. assume that now you yeah. also you also do distant energy work as well correct yeah uh, anything that I do with them, people in my uh, space, like on my massage table, I do it long distance because I really don't do anything on the physical level. Mm -hmm. Even the energy work that I do, you know, it's all um, non-physical. Like I take up healing touch and I'm a Reiki master, I'm matrix energetic certified mm -hmm. and other things. EFT is one that uh, I guess it's a little more physical because you're tapping the meridian endpoints. 
Yeah, and EFT is short for Emotional Freedom Technique. Yeah, yeah. and that one is fantastic right now. I'm using that a lot for uh, people that are stressed out by what's going on, a lot of nurses and stuff, because it's mm. very helpful to uh, tap the, the energy of the emotions out of your field. So you can still have the thoughts, but you don't have that electrical charge locked in your field so that it's, you know, messing you up and everything that you do, you're traumatized all the time by these thoughts because of the emotion attached to the thoughts. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and so when you when you do work with people, whether they're in person on your massage table there or if you're doing distant energy work, can you kind of walk us through what that looks like? Like what a session for someone that's never had this done before um, and maybe a little bit of fear surrounding it because they're not really sure what they're getting into with you and you're you know we're talking about crossing into other dimensions and like you know if I came to see you I want to make sure that I'm not going to sucked into a vortex and not come back <laughs> right yeah. yeah because you never know no I'm just kidding <laughs> so maybe you can can you share what what that really looks like in like a, the session with you would look like okay. then and and what people would maybe expect to um to receive as a benefit and what kind of healing okay. takes place and, and like kind of give us an example perhaps okay, okay. Um, generally what I, I do uh, lately because I'm bringing people into my this is my spare bedroom that you're looking at so people are coming into my home and out of respect for my husband who I share this place with I I like to um, talk with people before I invite them here so I usually do a reading for them over the phone or now I'm using Zoom, of course, which is way better. Um, I do a reading to connect with them. Um, and that kind of grew into um, me getting information about what we would do when they came, if they came for a session. So in the long run, it serves two purposes. One that I've had a connection with them and I get a sense of, um, who they are and if they're you know seeking help or just seeking something that I don't know about you know what I mean just to make sure I know who they are and then the second thing is that I get um, a lot of instruction usually for the first one or two sessions so I've saved time and money for them in the long run so I do that now first so and the instruction it, sorry the instruction that you're getting is from the spirit world yeah, oh, yeah. this is yeah. from okay yeah okay yeah. yes exactly yeah because before i even call them i will have connected with my team that i i like to call them my spirit team um, i usually smoke pipe because it opens up that uh, realm where i'm sitting with them in circle that's what it looks like to me and um they know exactly what's going on and so they give me information about uh, what we'll be trying to uh, achieve at a, a session with them. And then uh, if we decide to go ahead and work together, um, I used to only expect people would come once and so I would jam as much as I possibly could into a session and, and then hope that I would see them again kind of thing. Um, but now uh, I've tried to space it out in a more appropriate fashion so that they really can embody the transformation that took place. So I'm slowing things down and plus I have a lot more modalities that I incorporate so I give them a full spectrum of healing. But anyway, they would be in my um, space here and we usually do a meditation uh, first together to just to, you know, get ourselves back in body and um, connecting in a way 
and I will have already connected with my pipe and my team before they come. I don't do that when anybody else is around. That's very private and intimate for me. That's my tool, my, my sacred space. <laughs> and then once they come, we do the meditation. And um, so I will have received some instruction, as I said. So I'll get them onto my massage table and I will call in the four directions and basically create a medicine wheel around them. Um, and so I'm calling in the power of the universe represented in each of the four cardinal points. So we're, our space is very embodied with all the information and the wisdom of the universe and specific teachers that come in uh, just to do this work uh, for us together. Um, and usually the first thing I do is shamanic work because people are, uh, you know, traumatized or stressed out or for whatever reason, um, uh, I do extraction work first. So I journey into my client through their crown and you can't feel this or anything. I'm, I'm out of body. So I'm sitting there, but my consciousness is going into your crown mm -hmm. and I'm looking around in there and I'm shown what you've taken on that doesn't belong. So it could be, I don't know how much time we have, but I'll give you a really good example. Uh, a really we have good tons job. of time. Okay. <laughs> One of my earliest clients, she, um, she was a, a nurse and she had developed chronic fatigue and she couldn't work any longer. In fact, she could barely get off the couch. She couldn't cook for herself or anything. So she came to my space. I was living in West Cologne at that time. And uh, I didn't have a massage table or anything, so I had her on a mattress on the floor and I was kneeling at her head because I was going to journey within her field to see what I'm shown. And before I got very far, I could see this, um, I know you're going to think this is a little weird, but it looked like uh, this really ugly bug with fangs and he was inside her field. and. I saw it down there and it saw me and the next thing you know it shot out of her, hit me in the face and went out through the ceiling, broke a blood vessel in my face on the way out. So Oh my. Yeah, that was and then she she went into this uh she started um like yelling and uh making all this noise and she was moving around a lot on the floor and my husband came up and he was standing outside the door wondering what is going on in there, you know? And are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she finally calmed down, and um, and I stopped her part way, and I said, are you okay? She goes, yeah, it's good, it's good. And then she would go back into this convulsing motion, and finally she calmed down. And so what had taken place for her, and, and this is so fascinating, it was a great teacher for me, was that she had been living with um, a man, her ex, who was extremely violent and brutal and uh, you stupid, you, you know, you can't do anything. And she was taking all this in, like I use the example of a poison dart, taking it on, taking it on. Next thing you know, this thing is, is consciousness with anger and hate coming from him, right? And so it's like a living entity started to expand within her. Uh, he was gone, she was living by herself, but this had taken up space and had taken over the power of her body to sustain itself. And it was, it was very powerful um, because wow. when it came out, it was very real. And so anyway, when, I, when we extracted this, 
the reason she was moving around on the floor a lot was because all the energy that was compressed inside of her was all of a sudden moving into her field and she could feel again. She had the resources to, to use her body again. She went home that uh, day, that night. We did more work after this, of course. I didn't send her home after that just like that. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when she went home that night, she made a pot of stew and that was the first time she had cooked for herself for like years. So I am so blessed to have had that experience because it showed me the power of what can take place and how powerful uh, somebody's words are that are become like that had created this disease. Chronic fatigue is what it was being named as. Nothing right. would touch it. Nothing right. could help her. She didn't have use of her body. She couldn't work. So that was, like I said, a huge teaching for me and I got really sidetracked telling you that but I thought it was oh no no this is what we want to know because I'm like okay (laughs) you got to tell us more about this (laughs) because this is what we're this is what we're here for today is to find out you know what these journeys look like um if if people are drawn to this then um oh I should put on here that um all of our all of the contact info is uh is available on the holisticmarket.ca website. So we can find your info and your contact info. Just go on there and search up Pat and you'll be directed to um, her contact info and, and yeah. some more about her on there. Because I but do yeah. see there's some questions. And I yeah, we do have some have questions. Oops. To answer those if you want to Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we can it. go like as long as we need to. Okay. Um, so first one we have is from Rochelle. Uh, curious of when you're in a state of transcendence transcendence is that the same as being in the spirit realm i think we had someone else ask about this earlier but that is go ahead with that okay i i'm not uh very scientific when it comes to this stuff but um transcendental meditation was where i learned how to transcend beyond my the field of my body while i was out of the physical field and i was in the field the big part of us which is way out here Um, So that's the transcendence. Um, When I'm doing a journey, let's see, when you're in a state of transcendence, is that the same as being in the spirit realm? Um, The spirit realm, at least a bit of research I've done, the spirit realm, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, There's a layer that's right close to us, which would be the astral plane. And when we're doing shamanic journey, we go right through that. We don't hang out in the astral plane um, unless we're doing some uh, psychopomp work, which is trying to do some work with uh, ghosts, like discarnates and that type of thing, because there's a lot of them that get stuck in that field. But that's a whole other topic. Um, but we go. Okay, you're going to come back on this again because there's many other side topics that I would oh. <laughs> love to explore with you. Animal totems, all of this that you're talking about. But yes, okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Um, so, uh, what was I, what was I answering? Um, oh, um, about if, if it's the same as being in the, in the spirit realm and that you go out beyond the ethereal, uh, the, the one plane. field, astral plane, and then yeah. beyond that. Yeah. We yeah. go on, we go beyond that to, uh, where you would, um, encounter like the angelic realm, um, your, your spirit guides, um, mm and or the information and the information that I need to help my client actually resides. Okay. Uh, if that answers that question. 
Uh, but getting back to the extraction, I said I started off telling you that this is what I usually do first. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm extracting from the field of my client what they've taken on and is now taking up space and resources, causing disease and pain and anxiety and you name it. Um, it's different in every situation depending on what the actual source of this is. But I journey into my client through their crown and I'm shown what they've taken on or what has been inserted in them. Uh, and I, with my team, I extract this. And that can be very easy or it can be difficult. I have tools that I use, my drum and my rattles and extraction stones. Um, and I didn't go shopping for them. They were sent to me, basically. <laughs> this is what I needed to use to do the work. Um, and they all have their, I should show you my altar. They're all sitting up there. But that's my, that's my uh, those are my tools. And uh, so once we've done that, we've recreated space inside the field of the person's uh, body or, you know, their field. And mm -hmm. so that's phase one is to recreate the voids uh, by taking out the stuff that filled, out, fill, that filled up these empty spots that they had inside. And the reason these voids were there was as a result of soul loss or energy loss or fragmentation. Hmm. So I have to explain what that is now. Soul loss is where, um, to give you an example, uh, we have this self-preservation mechanism whereby in the event of trauma, pieces of us will fragment off to avoid the trauma. So in other words, just before you get hit by the bus <laughs> kind of thing, pieces of us will split off and go to a place beyond time and space to avoid that trauma. Now, in a perfect world, once the uh, accident or experience is over, um, then these pieces will come back and fill us up with power again to help us move into the healing and get over whatever that trauma was. But because mm. we're in such stress-filled worlds, like driving down the street daily to go back and forth to work can be like so traumatic. People are always on the edge always on the verge of they're so scattered like when you say to somebody you're scattered well you are because intuitively you can probably see them way out here you know they're scattered they're not mm. they're not all contained within their field and so every time you fragment that's personal power uh, memories emotions your ability to do certain things they go with these aspects which we're calling soul parts like not the religious sense of the word soul it's just aspects of you so, oh, I'm talking so fast, I'm getting out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that would be then when you do uh, like a soul retrieval with yeah. somebody, that would be going kind of back to that time and space where they fragmented and then bringing, bringing them in uh, to make yeah. a hole again. Yes. Uh, not like not like a hole, but a hole like W-H-O. being complete. Oh, yes. Right? Well, that's why I, I do the extraction work first. Mm -hmm. to take out what they have taken on to fill in the voids created by the fragmentation. And, you know, we're energetic beings. There can't be any voids. There can't be any holes. So we take on stuff. Right. You know, if we're in, a, in an anxiety, anxious place where there's all this stuff around, we take up some of that anxiety. If mm -hmm. we're living with somebody like that woman was who's always yelling at her, we take on that word. And it's consciousness and emotion takes up space and in her case it developed into chronic fatigue a disease dis-ease mm -hmm. 
Dis and ease. Dis-ease, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can use your imagination and uh, see what can actually take place as a result of the voids. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was phase one, step one. I do the extraction work to recreate at least some of the voids by taking out at least some of the stuff because some people are so dense with stuff that's not theirs. They don't even know who they are anymore. anymore. So I create some voids and then I do a shamanic journey to the soul parts, remembering that they haven't experienced any of the trauma. So they're per perfectly healthy and happy in a time beyond time and space. I bring them back. Sometimes they're in, in the company of uh, angels keeping uh, company with them because some of them are like infants, children. Um, anyway, I bring these back and I restore them into that void that I just recreated. So it's like a mm. spiritual transfusion in a way. So that's soul retrieval. Right, that, and that, that makes so much sense to me because even, and, and I certainly don't, I don't have much experience with shamanism, which is why I'm, I'm really intrigued with what you're sharing with us here today because I'm so curious about this. And, and I see how it kind of ties in and relates in different ways to other things that I've been doing. And right. I, like on the most simplest form, when um, even just doing, you know, taking in a deep breath, you know, exhaling and releasing all that's no longer needed. Well, the key to that is there's now a void like you're talking about. So the next breath is bringing in healing positive energy so that that's going yeah. in and filling that void so that what we've just released doesn't come back and settle in again because it was quite yeah. comfortable there. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly yeah. right. It's spiritual hygiene. Mm. You know, I, I've taught, oh. uh, I taught a uh, workshop to the nurses at the hospice um, house, I think five years ago now. Yeah. And it was all about spiritual hygiene because a lot of them were extremely depleted because they're always giving of themselves to help these people that are ready to leave this plane and and plus the families are going to be left mm. behind so there's so much stress and sadness and so they were very depleted and getting sick and so i was teaching them these processes where daily they can ask uh, their own teachers, their own spiritual team, whatever that means to them, or the creator, or Jesus, or whatever works for you, ask for help to let go of what you've taken on that's not yours, that doesn't serve you, that doesn't belong. Let go of that and send that back to the wherever it came from, because we're always supposed to be responsible for any energy that we move. We don't just take it out and We'll throw it up in the air so that it can land on somebody else. We have to right. be responsible for any of the energy that we're moving. So that's a big part of shamanism. Mm. And so I teach them to uh, these practices to extract this. And then in the same exercise, ritual, if you will, um, call back pieces that they've lost, that they've given away, that they've had stolen. And before these pieces mm. come back, fill them with light and restore them. So it's, I, I do that daily. That's beautiful and very poetic, actually. So we have a question. And very here from, easy. <laughs> very yeah, <laughs> we have a question here from Annie. Annie, welcome. I'm glad you're watching. Annie is one of our regular viewers, actually. So um, thank you, Annie, for watching. I hope you're still here. Uh, she says, hello, Pat. I've had a lot of dreams of a person on my past, in my past. Is there any meaning to that? Thank you for your time. So um, I'm not sure if you work with the dream with dreams with people, but yeah, um, maybe you can share some thoughts about that. 
<laughs> well, with any, without any uh, detail about you, about the situation, about uh, what this person actually meant to you, or if they're dead or alive, that would all have some bearing, of course, on the situation. But dreams are messages uh, from ourself to ourself, for the most part, unless, of course, we've got stuff in our field that is um, trying to impose itself on you. Um, and they also could be, you know, dreams from the divine, which are very helpful dreams. But when we have day-to-day -day dreams, they are messages that we could use right then and there. Um, so depending on what's going on with this person, if it's not a good thing, then the chances are that that person is on somehow trying to access some of your power or uh, wants to be close to you because they love you or because they don't like you and they're trying to harm you you know the situations are are different in every situation <laughs> it's kind of a bad answer but the situation <laughs> is what depends or what you know I can't answer just a blank question like that you know what okay. I mean but it yeah. does have meaning um, so For when sure. they, when people are, are energies from somebody is showing up um, if they're in You're your frozen on my that. screen so I oh okay that's okay we're still going um so well that's great and nikki says wow that story is so powerful i will call you soon to book in a session so um nikki is interested in following up with you too okay uh so you're back on there yeah i couldn't okay. you were frozen on my screen was i frozen there yeah I, no no oh. you weren't no that's okay. okay we'll just keep going that'll happen okay. wi-fi is incredibly overused right now oh, I know. So we happens, might get some glitches here happens regularly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i should actually make a note of that if either of us drop off we will be right back yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay i yeah. hope i answered that question about that dream because you know i studied dreams for a while and i i love interpreting dreams mm. um, but there's a lot of uh investigating that has to go on to get a really good interpretation of the dream so would that so, be something that you would be able to do like by phone or zoom as well like just just to address uh, people's questions on dreams like it's yeah. i didn't realize that you'd had that much um studying as well on dream interpretation but that of course that just makes sense because that's in the other the realm. realm it's another it's in that realm, realm yeah too. exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, great well, if anyone else has questions for pat certainly go ahead and type them in here and if you're watching on the replay let us know your thoughts as well um so yeah i i think that is uh really interesting and actually here annie is saying um the person is alive that she does dream of so this person's still alive and present but from her past so i would think she's the annie that you're not um you're not into really interacting with them anymore so that's a past relationship of some sort but the person is alive but showing up yeah. in in her dreams so well if you would... studied dreams you would you would find that there's a lot of generic scenarios that take place and uh, you know the meaning can be uh, consistent to some degree between person to person but essentially, they're very—they're also very personal. So, uh, if I was uh, trying to interpret any any a person's dream, I would be asking a lot of questions. You know, like right down to how, especially how did you feel in the dream? How you feel in the dream? It gives you a really good idea of uh, of the interpretation. Like if you were frightened in the dream, 
then right there you, you realize that there's something going on here that may be not quite right, but if you're enamored in the dream, then it has a different tone and a different interpretation. That's great. Yeah, so I, I could see that you would want to have a little bit more background info on that to yeah. get more of a full interpretation. But I think that you answered that, like, yeah, that does have meaning when people do show up in your dreams. Of course. And to explore that further would be to ask yeah. a lot more questions about that. And dreams Excellent. about a person in the past. Um, I have a lot of dreams of a person in my past. Um, I mean, just logically thinking, you might have some unfinished business with that person. They mm -hmm. might have some unfinished business with you and unintentionally they're trying to get a hold of you. Like the dreams are non-physical. Non so we're, again, we're working in the ethers and um, there's not a generic answer that you can give for that, but something, mm -hmm. if it keeps, recurring dreams are always something that you should investigate, I would suggest. Because there's something unresolved there. Yeah, something unresolved um, there. In yeah. some way, shape, or and they're, form. And they're teachers, you know? A lot of times yeah. our dreams are just teachers to yeah. us. Okay. So, yeah. So now, now I know, Pat, you had a lot of, of info that you had prepared to share with us today. And I just want to check in with you and see, um, is there something else that you'd like to share with us today? Um, hmm. Oh, and just uh, as Annie was saying, unfinished, you called it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was there For something sure. else you were wanting to share with us, Pat? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the terms uh, psychopomp work. A what? Nope. I have psycho, not. <laughs> psychopomp. It's a, I don't know if it's a shamanic term, but that's where I, I saw it written. And it's where you are helping people crossing people over that have died they've lost their body you know um but they haven't crossed over from this plane yet so it's uh it's very ex exciting doing this work uh, like we're not people you know i mean you, you could call these people ghosts but that kind of gives a bad connotation so i just call them discarnate beings because they're stuck here without a body and they're the ones who actually need help right now because Mm. There's certain reasons why people don't cross over. I mean, they might want to stay behind to help the person uh, that they're leaving behind, like an aging wife or something, and they might want, they just might want to hang on to the, energetically hang on to their uh, spouse because they want to stay back and help them. Right. Um, or there might be a situation where they want to get even. So they're, they're hanging back because I'm going to get even with that person, you know, and that doesn't work either. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, but anyway, no matter the reason why it takes place and how you end up without a body but you're stuck on this plane, you do need help to cross over. And I'll give you an example. Um, uh, one of my first experiences with that was uh, I was doing some work with uh, a, a person and I could see this uh, woman um, I was showing her clearly she was in a hospital operating room standing beside her body that was an older woman and I watched this whole scene take place so she didn't uh, she saw that her body was lifeless and it, she didn't know what to do didn't 
wasn't prepared for that on any way. What do you do when your body's dead, but dead, but you're you're still there. You're still there. You know what I mean? So anyway, she could hear this baby crying down the hallway. So she left her body lying there on on the operating table, which was of course the body was lifeless. But she went out down the hallway, and um, she entered a room where this baby was crying. And being a you know a mother, a grandmother, she. Uh, went over to where the baby was lying on its table and um, she reached out to help the baby and when that happened when she did that her fibers got entangled in the baby's live fibers so at that point in time she is uh, attached to this child so the repercussions of that of course are the child is going to be growing up with this uh, older woman's consciousness, uh, awareness, tangling along with her through all of the life experiences, but giving, uh, you know, feeling the thoughts of this older woman who's already uh, already experienced this life. And then uh, the woman, she's stuck on this plane without a body because she's enmeshed in this the field of this child. So as a psychopomp, we cut that uh, cord and we re reconnect it to the child and seal any wounds or any leaks or anything and then we do the same thing for the discarnate and then we cross them over to where they should have gone optimally when they first died but they didn't know as I was thinking before they don't they wasn't maybe wasn't sure what was going to happen when they died so they stayed on this plane or they were afraid or they'd done bad things and they thought oh my god what's going to happen when I leave my body I'm going to go to hell or or they you know what I mean the the uh, situations can be endless but so in this case I'm dealing with two clients one that has the body attached or the field of this ancient, uh, old woman attached and the other one who's still locked on this plane when she should have crossed over I hope I explained that right I get so excited yeah. when we talk about this stuff <laughs> yeah so as that child would be say growing up and say was going on like into their teenage years and beyond um yeah would people then describe them as being like having an old soul because they have this kind of potentially yeah older perspective as well kind of in their fields would that be that could be one uh situation one uh observation or it could be yeah, a case where yeah a person is um male and they've got a female attached to them so that might show up differently as you can imagine mm -hmm. um, or you might all of a sudden as being the one with the body you have a keen interest in something that would be unusual for you because you've got this life experience already by way right. of that attachment or you know if you use your imagination you can see how that might uh, play out but the the fact of the matter is it's not useful for either situation so as a shamanic healer psychopomp is one of the things i'm responsible for <laughs> so the hospital is full of dead people let me tell you that yes yeah <laughs> it's full of dead people <laughs> not a good place to heal <laughs> all yeah. right well thank you so much pat thank you for coming on i'm just going to show everybody the um the gift that you have offered everyone watching here today is that four steps to calm your spirit. And there is a link for that in the comments below to sign up and have that delivered right to your inbox. Um, 
Thank you, Pat. That was really informative, enlightening. Great. I learned a lot today. I hope our viewers did as well. I'm glad we were able to answer some people's questions. And I'd love to have you back on the show because I know, um, I, like I was saying, I, I've already, I want to explore some of the other ones we barely touched on and yeah. and, and, um, and take, a, take a journey down those uh, topics as it's well. It's pretty so, exciting. It's different yeah. every time, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, really, it is. I'm so grateful to be doing this work. Awesome. You just well, never you. know. <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks Carly. Just stay in the studio here. I'll, I'll catch up with you in a sec. Okay. okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, Pat. All right. So thanks, everybody, for watching. And um, if you are interested in finding out uh, contact info for Pat, it is available on the holisticmarket.ca website. You can use the search function to search up Pat, and that will be you'll be directed to her uh, profile page. Uh, thank you for watching, and we do have another one coming up next week on Tuesday, next week, and I believe that's at one, just after one o'clock, one ten, and that will be with Colette Marie Stefan um, with the Truth Is Funny. She was also one of our um, expert panelists at the uh, at the online summit that we did last week. So um, we'll be doing energetic upgrades for people and really interacting. It'll be a lot of fun. So make sure you join us for that one too. Thanks everybody for watching and have a great rest of your day. Bye.